Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we speak with writers and authors and sometimes other creatives, but mostly writers, um, about writing, the creative process, writing life, how we get books written, the ups and downs, those kinds of things. We like to keep it light and kind of fun. So I'm very excited today to have my guest, Sarah E. Burr. How are you doing, Sarah? Very well, Sean. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for being here. I've been looking forward to our talk because I've... Um, I'm your editor of your book and tell us the name of your book. It's a very unique title. What's the name of your book? The title is hashtag follow me for murder. That's correct. That is the title. Yes. Hashtag follow me for murder and has the hashtag. The hashtag is on the front of the title. So it's, yes. It's, it's and, and it kind of is like a, a jumble of words to say sometimes. So I know that some folks are just like, follow me for murder, but I like to throw that hashtag in there. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, it's, it's on purpose because it's about, um, a social media uh, ex expert. So tell us a little bit about follow me from hashtag follow me for murder and um, what the book is about. Tell us about that. All right. So the book starts off. So hashtag follow me for murder is about a social media influencer and celebrity lifestyle blogger. Her name is Coco Klein. Um, when she was in college, she got together with a group of girlfriends. They created this really cool um, little mobile app that grew into something big so big that it was acquired by Facebook at the time. And so she finds herself kind of at age 25, getting a windfall from this payout and is not really sure like what she should do with the next phase of her life. And while she's dealing with this, she also has this intense media scrutiny that's coming from this acquisition because it is featuring like an all-female-led tech company, and they get a lot of media attention, and she finds herself in the spotlight. And as much as she dreamed about it when she was younger, she finds it a bit overwhelming now that she's experiencing it in real life. So Coco decides to move back to her hometown of Central Shores, Delaware, where she can kind of live online as you know her, her online persona, where she has her followers and she's connecting with them via her blog and her social media accounts. But she can also have a, a, a normal life at home. Um, and she decides to launch her own social media marketing business where she helps small businesses understand how to use social media to promote their business and their brand. And so when we are introduced to her, it's three years after this big life change. She's 28 years old and she's getting ready to help her new clients launch their uh, consignment shop. And she finds a dead body in the back of their store. And if that's not a PR nightmare enough, then Coco learns that her clients are the only suspects of the case. And she's like, I got to figure out who did this so we can clear their name and launch their business and find this killer that is possibly terrorizing their community. So that sets her up for some fun-filled murder mystery adventures. It's always weird to talk about murder in like a fun light, but um, Coco and her friends definitely know how to have fun while they are investigating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I would say it, fa it falls on the lighter end of the spectrum for its uh, mystery. So it's, you know, for not, sure. not super cozy, but it's in that, uh, that's, it's on that end of the spectrum of um, mm -hmm. from thriller slasher all the way up to the other end, traditional cozy, but it's a, it's, it's a really, it's very cool. That's a good book. Well, that's a very good description. And that's uh, exactly what happens. <laughs> so, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean about talking about um, murder being fun because well, my favorite podcast is my favorite murder. Mm -hmm. And you feel like they talk about that a lot because it's like, you know, you're laughing because it's a comedy, 
podcast, but they're talking about terrible things, but there's, they deal with it very, in a very respectful way, but it's also, you know, it's more finding humor in like why people are so messed up and, and are, you know, why do people get this way and that kind of thing. So there's ways yeah. to, um, yeah, that, that's one of the things uh, Mr. Writers often ask themselves like, oh, I just think about murder all day. Is there something wrong with me? And why am I, this is my entertainment, you know? And and like when you have an idea, it's like, oh, that's a great way to kill somebody. It's like, oh, that like, who thinks these things? <laughs> yeah. And your loved ones kind of get used to you being that way. But at first they're like, what? Mm-hmm. Like at Thanksgiving, like, well, you know, you're, you're a, little, you're a little off, you know, like, why do you keep talking about this? And, yeah. Or they try to like psychoanalyze everything you write and like tie it back to like them. And it's like, guys, like, this is a work of fiction. Yeah. I like, I create, make this stuff up in my head. Like not everything has to be about you. <laughs> yeah. well, trust me. Nothing is about you. It's all about me. <laughs> As the writer, it's all about me. Well, let me, let me introduce you to those that may not know who you are. I will give you a formal introduction. Um, Sarah lives uh, near New York city. She hails from a small town, the small town of Appleton, Maine. That sounds so quaint. So Appleton, Maine. It's where, I'm sure it's there's a, a very small town. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a ton of murders there, like uh, Cabot Cove. Um, she has been dreaming of being Nancy Drew since she was a little girl. Since Sarah wasn't stumbling across any crime scenes in corporate America, she left her career in healthcare technology to write mysteries of her own, and we're very lucky that she has. Um, her novel, which we just were discussing, is the first in the trending topic mysteries. So thank goodness there's more on the way because um, yes, yes, please. And they shine a spotlight on social media PR. Um, and when then we, t- we already sort of talked about the plot of the book. Sarah is also author of the Court of Mystery series and the Glenmire Wim Mysteries. She's a member of Sisters in Crime, currently serving as the New York Tri-State Chapter social media guru. Well, that sort of follows, huh? When she's not spending up new stories, Sarah is off seeing Broadway musicals, reading up a storm, video gaming, and enjoying walks with her dog. Is it Evie? It's Evie, right? Evie, yeah. She's actually, you know, right there. (laughs) Yeah, she's so cute. Um, Well, that sounds, well, I can't, I'm always um, really impressed with people that can write more than one series at a time, because that seems like a lot. That's a ton of work. That's a ton of writing that you do. (laughs) It's, um, I like just being able to I think juggle the different worlds. I honestly don't know how my brain does it, but it's, um, I love it. I love being able to just like escape to one world, visit another town, see a different group of characters and friends. And it just, it keeps life interesting. I live vicariously through all of them. So uh, it's, it makes for quite an interesting like stuff going on in my head. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, you've you've got a lot of worlds to visit and that's, that's, you know, that's very, very cool. Well, very good. Well, here's your first official question for the podcast. As I always often say, it's called five compelling questions, but I end up asking like 25 throughout the show. (laughs) So that's just, you know, how I roll. That's how it is. That's how it goes. I'm just very casual. I don't like the rules. I'm just not a rule person. Okay. So what is the most difficult part of the creative writing process for you? And what is the easiest? I think the, for me, and and especially like talking about writing multiple books with multiple series, the first three chapters of a book are the hardest for me, regardless of how long I've been writing a series, my, my court of mystery series, I'm on to book nine right now. And it's those first three chapters where you're you're introducing characters to to people, to new readers who may not have a clue what your series is about. You're recapping some things that have happened that are important to know, but like you have to do it in a way that's not like boring. Um, And so that for me, that's a a really strenuous mental exercise is bringing everybody up to speed, 
setting the scene for the mystery, the murder to happen. And I think once the person shows up off dead, it's like off to the races and, and I'm, I'm ready to go. But it's those first three or those introductory chapters that are always the hardest for me. Um, and the, the easiest, I think that I'm in the minority for this, um, but I love editing. After I finished the first draft, I'm like, that's for me, that's the hard part is getting the book completed. A, you know, my thoughts at the beginning of the, the book have, you know, made their way to the end of the book. And so editing is just like, oh, like let's tweak it up and let's, let's take what we already have and build upon it. Um, and I really enjoy that part of the process because it just feels like the, the biggest challenge for me has, is already behind me. So I can really enjoy the work that I've done and, and taken like, oh my God, I can't believe I created this story. Um, because it always amazes me at the end of a manuscript. It's like, wow, like I did it because you know, when I was younger, I wrote so many chapter ones, chapter twos that just never became anything else. So the fact that I can finish books is uh, that that's something that I still am like, oh, pinch me. I'm I'm very, very glad that I can do it. <laughs> yeah, well, you, I mean, you're on a roll now. Because I, you know, <laughs> from that little brief overview, it sounds like you write every single second of your day. How many, how many words are, do you write a day typically? I try to... I try to hit like 1200 a day, um, but that can change. I don't, I don't set myself to like, I have to get to this number um, because sometimes it's like, I want to get to the end of a scene. When I set, I set like daily writing goals of like, I need to get through this scene and this scene could be 800 words or this scene could be 6,000 words. Um, and I, I think that um, I do pay a lot of attention to word count in regards to like where I am in a book. So it's like, if I hit 50,000 words, it's like, I know that I need to be uh, at a certain section of like, okay, like we're gearing up for the reveal to happen, or um, we're gearing up for like another suspect to be introduced. Um, but I, I do try to, to be within that realm of 1200 a day when I'm writing. There are definitely days where it's like, I have to take time off because I my brain just can't function that much. Um, so, I, uh, so, I, so I also, when I'm editing, it's like, I'm not doing other writing at that point in time. I'm strictly focused on the edits so that I can like do chapters at a time rather than like focus on, you know, meeting a certain word criteria. Yeah, well, I think that's really good because you've given yourself goals, but they're like, flexible goals that are soft yes. goals they're not like you know you're not beating yourself up if you didn't get to a certain oh and I, think I used to be, do that yeah I it, in the beginning like when I first like set out to do this I would I would just like tear myself a new one if I like ever didn't meet a goal and it's like who's who like what how is that productive for anybody because yeah. it's like who I'm I'm a very like type a personality and it took me a while to just like give myself a break when it came to writing. And it's like, you know, you're, you're making progress is progress. And there was a couple of days ago, I spent two hours figuring out one sentence. <laughs> and I was like, but that one sentence was the final sentence of a book. And, you know, therefore kind of has to like really pack a punch. So you, you have to take the wins, <laughs> the wins as they come. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's that, and it seems like you have a very good, um, you're, you're, that's a healthy way to be nice mm -hmm. to yourself because we can be pretty hard on ourselves as writers. We can. <laughs> and then we let other people be hard on us too when the reviews start coming in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so which comes first for you, the plot or the characters? 
I would say in a book one of a series that the characters always introduce themselves first because you begin, once you begin to understand who they are, you can kind of begin to picture, okay, how did this person, so for example, Coco, how did Coco get herself into a situation where she has to solve a murder mystery? So understanding who she is, her background, you know, what's going on in her life, I think that really helps me form a plot around a book one introduction. And then as a series continues, I think then it's more plot driven of where things need to go, where characters need to develop. And then new characters who are introduced, they're there to support the plot that that I've created. So it kind of you start with one and then move into the direction of the other as as the series goes on. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's, you know, like you're meeting you're meeting new friends sort of in the first one, you're creating these new people. Mm -hmm. And then you know them, you know, you're revisiting them and um, you just, you kind of, in your mind, you know exactly like what they've been through in their childhood and stuff like that. And you just sort of letting the readers know. So that's a very good way of coming about it, you know. Very good. Well, obviously it's working for you. So, well, kind of along the vein of that, do you have a favorite character that you've written? And if so, what is it about that character that you enjoy so much? I, I know that you're not supposed to have favorites because, you know, oh, my characters are my children but I love Jasper Hastings and Jasper Hastings is Coco's best friend. They've been best friends since they were in second grade. And Jasper is just like his energy is everything that I always wanted to be in like a social situation because he has like the, the witty response. He has the perfect like sarcastic quip for anything that's going on. He can make any situation fun. Um, and so he just like, he's such a joy to write um, because I get to live like, oh, like vicariously through this character who's larger than life and this fun personality, um, you know, him being like this media mogul in a small town in Delaware um, is, is really fun to write about because when I think about him as a character, I, I picture like John Cena meets Miranda Priestly from <laughs> The Devil Wears Prada. So he's just like this, this wild imagination um, come to life and he's just so fun to write and, and I, I also love his references to like oh you know thank Beyonce or oh oh my Lady Gaga like all of these pop culture icons that he so worships um, it's really fun to 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 write his dialogue yeah and the way you're speaking of him you're speaking because he's your character but you're saying he's saying these things, but you're the one making him say these things. So that's, yes, but like, but like, I could never come up with something like because I sit in front of my computer for 10, 15 minutes trying to figure out like, okay, what's the best response here? And for Jasper, it's just like, oh, it's uh, it, it just comes to him. Um, but for me, it's like I would have to spend like a day thinking about how to respond to something this in this like clever manner. Um, and and so that's I think why I appreciate him so much because he's just always on. And as a introverted human being, like it takes a lot of effort for me to be on. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's really fun that you get to have that. Cause it's like, it, you get, you've created this character that you could, it's like, you know, when you at a party and somebody says something, you don't have a very witty reply and you walk away and the next day you're like, Oh, I should have said, I should have said that. That would have been so much funnier. You know? Story of my life. <laughs> you get to have that all the time. Now you can just be like, yes. I, I am now the wittiest person through Jasper. And he is a lot of fun. I do like, I love your mashup of John Cena and Randa Priestley. Now I, have I don't a know like how, <laughs> 
that like came to me, but I was just like, that's who, because I always think of like the devil wears Prada with like Miranda Priestly with her, like, that's all. And that's just Jasper. Yes. As a bodybuilder. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why he's so fun. Fun to have, because, you know, he's not like anybody else that I've read. So that's why you're very good at creating unique characters for sure. Thank you. So now a serious question. What were, not really, I'm just joking. (laughs) What were some, what were some challenges you faced while writing this book? And don't say working with your editor. Oh no. That was like (laughs) the easiest part. Um, I think like the biggest challenge was the, the technology, because when I first started writing this book way, way, way back when, um, TikTok didn't exist. Um, on Instagram, you couldn't zoom in on images. And like Snapchat was just becoming popular. And so flash forward, I don't know how many years it is at this point, but it's like the the social media landscape is entirely different. Social media influencers really weren't a thing back when I first got the idea for Coco. Um, She was just going to be a celebrity blogger. And so, but as the, the landscape began to change, I was looking at ways like, okay, like how can I adjust? How can I incorporate this into the manuscript? And the tech, it was, hard keeping up with all of the technology because just like as it is like when you get a new update on your phone or Facebook decides to like change the layout or your permissions or what have you it's like okay like now I have to incorporate that into a book but still keep it in a somewhat timeless manner um, so that anybody who's maybe reading this in you know 10 years down the line they can still see like understand the technology that that Coco was dealing with when it's published in, in 2022. Um, so that was really, really tricky <laughs> to, to incorporate, um, as well as uh, it, it was funny when I was reading an old version of, of the manuscript, um, just some of the pop culture references that I had in there. It's like, oh, wow, like that's dated. Um, and so bringing things up to speed as the the as I got signed by an agent, as I uh, got signed by a publisher, um, that was like keeping keeping the content current, I think was the biggest challenge. Um, but it was a fun challenge because it's like, oh, like, let me go on Twitter and see what's trending or let me go see what's on People Magazine or and all of this stuff. Um, so it was a challenge, but it was a fun challenge. Yeah, and that's going to be something that will continue to be something you need to keep your fingers on going yeah. forward in the series because, you know, Every, it seems like every year there's a new thing. Like, like I said, TikTok wasn't a thing. And now, you know, certain generation, and that's what they are on. And Yeah, I actually had to download TikTok for research on when I was writing, when I'm writing book two, because there's like a, a, a TikTok storyline that Coco goes on. And I am not a, a TikTok user. And as soon as I had downloaded the apps, did some things to see like, okay, like what's the, you know, are you scrolling? Are you swiping? Are you tap? Like, what are you, what are the movements so that when you're describing, you know, Coco looking at her phone and doing these things on TikTok, you know, I'm able to accurately portray like, okay, she's scrolling through the videos rather than swiping through the videos. Um, and, but as soon as I was like, okay, I understand. I was like, delete. <laughs> it's like, I have too many social media accounts enough. Like I don't, I can't, I can't do another one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot to keep up with. 
Very, very cool. Well, this, you had to do research, so you needed to download it. Yes. It was, it was fun research. Always fun research. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, I, I did it. I looked at it for a while. I'm like, what is, what is going on? But then I started looking at book people, but I still am like, what's going on? It's very, yeah. uh, and yeah. I think where like the, the creation of reels from the, from Instagram is like, trying to be TikTok. So it's like, okay, like I'm already on Instagram and I understand Instagram. So it's like, I'll just stay in my, my lane. Yeah. Um, but it seems like every video on reels is just how to make a video on reels. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> where's the actual content? Like show me funny pictures, show me funny videos of dogs or show yeah. me funny videos of cats, not how to make a reel. <laughs> yeah. My sister and I send each other a reel every morning of um, dogs doing cute things. It's like our way we say, we say good morning to each other. Mm -hmm. she sends, I have a French bulldog puppy. So she sends me French bulldogs, like falling over in their water bowl or something. And I send her, she has a, a an American pit bull, American bulldog. So I send her anyway, that's how we say hi. But yeah, mm -hmm. there's ways reels are, but yeah, it's interesting. It's Isn't interesting. that fun? But like the fact that that's how we are now like communicating, like I send my mom a uh, Moira Rose gif every morning that like <laughs> indicates the mood of the day. And it's just funny that it's like, you know, first it was phone calls, then it was emails, then it was, you know, text messages. And now it's just like, okay, I'm communicating via a picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want you to know how I'm, how I'm doing this morning. So it's going to be more because my mom, my sister, and I, there's, we've always been a, a, the three musketeers, you know, we came up close together. Obviously it's our mom, but we used to send each other a heart every morning just to say like, I woke up today. I'm fine. So we don't live with each other. <laughs> we don't live with each other as adults, you know, just say, Hey, good morning. But now we've, we've advanced to um, funny make me laugh in the morning. So it's good to start mm -hmm. the day with laugh, you know, it, it is. is, it's like coffee. So fifth question, always something a little bit not related to the craft or the building characters, that kind of thing. If you couldn't write, what would you do instead? Couldn't write as in couldn't physically write or? Yes, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> I, I think this might, this may sound silly, but I would sing. I was, it's, it's funny when I think back like on my life and in high school, I never would have thought that I would be writing for a living uh, because I always tended to gravitate more towards performing. Um, I love, I was diehard theater kid, absolutely loved to sing. Um, acting was like a little less for me, but I loved musicals. Um, they were my like bread and butter. And I, but I, I always love to sing as like a way of expression and like kind of just leaving the world behind. And I find that I don't do it as often anymore because I'm leaving the world behind when writing and, and it, and writing serves as that escape for me. Um, so I think that if I couldn't, do that, then I would still be like driving my neighbors crazy by singing at the top of my lungs. Um, cause that, that, that's something that I, I really had joy for well, much like I have joy for writing. Yeah. Well, that's good. You, you have passions and that's important. It's yes. interesting because my, uh, my son who's 11, he's, I would, would call him an introvert. I mean, I'm not, he's just one of the, he's just reserved. He's very reserved. Mm -hmm. But he does like getting up and performing in front of people, which is so, so I don't, you know, I'm not sure how those kind of go together. I always think he's this odd mix of me and my husband. My husband's very reserved and quiet, but I'm like, hey, what's going on? And, you know, he does like to I get think, up on the stage. He does like yeah, that. I think it, it has to, it, at least for me, it was always like leaving who you were behind and just like getting, just being free and 
like it was always really funny because when I would, you know, sing at a concert or like if there was like some event at school um, and my my parents would come watch you, my mom would be like, oh, Sarah's gone. Once once I just started singing, because it's like she wasn't I wasn't even there. Like, I honestly have no recollections of these performances that I was in just because like I was off in my own little world, like wow, <laughs> doing my thing. So it was uh, it it's a it's a feeling that I haven't uh, like actively sought in a long time. And I think that that's all due, just due to the fact that like, I get that through writing and, and diving into my characters. Um, but it's, it's nice to reminisce about it because it was, it was such a wonderful outlet. Oh, well, that's sweet. That's why well, I like that. I, that makes me happy that you said that. Very sweet. <laughs> so if there's ever, if there's ever a karaoke night, that <laughs> I'm there. You're down. Okay, cool. Yeah, and you can leave yourself there too. Because like, yeah. <laughs> I like that image of you. Like, I just wasn't even there. I just was doing my thing, and you know, yeah, you lost all self consciousness. You were just done mm -hmm. doing your passion thing. But that's very cool. I like that. Okay, rapid fire quiz. You have to do it. It's required. Sorry. Okay. All right. Number one: summer or winter? Summer. Disney. All the way. Like I, I do my best work in the summer because I love to to write outside on my porch, and I like. I think I like reject the cold weather because I get like my hands get all like gross and whatnot. It's like, I'm just ready for summer weather. I need to be, uh, I need the sun. <laughs> Same, me too. Yeah, I grew up in Florida. So I'm like, why is winter like six months? <laughs> I, so I, I was, um, I was born in Virginia, but lived in Florida for like the first six years of my life before my parents, we moved to Maine. So it's like from Florida to Maine. And it's like, that, I, I've always like that decision was something that I like to bring up quite often with them. Um, but now like when, when we visit them um, during the summertime, there's nothing like Maine in the summertime. It's absolutely gorgeous. So I definitely have grown appreciative of it um, now that I've been away, but I definitely, winter months, that's the, the harder time to visit. <laughs> oh yeah, it's tough. It's tough in, up there in the winter. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, my mom moved to, we lived in Fort Lauderdale. What part of Florida did you live in? We were in Pensacola, so we were on the Panhandle. Yeah, that's nice. We, I grew up in near Miami, Fort Lauderdale, mm -hmm. and um, my mom moved there when we were babies because it was too cold. Because we're from Indiana, and she was like, mm -hmm. "I'm just tired of being cold and seeing like gray skies for months at a time. It's very depressing." Yep. And plus, you walk outside in the wintertime and like your like nose hair freezes up, and she's like, "I can't do it anymore." So she moved, <laughs> we moved to Fort Lauderdale, and then like none of our family lived there. It was just it, it was just us. Mm -hmm. And uh, all everyone's been freezing to death in Indiana and they would come down to like for spring break with their, you know, and get in the water like in March, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're like, you guys are crazy. That... And then we moved here. I moved to Maryland when I was 16 and I thought it was, I, it was November. I thought it was free. I thought it was a close place on earth because I'd never been in um, cold mm -hmm. weather really, except for like Christmas with my grandparents. But other than that, you know, I didn't have a coach. I didn't own any clothes that were yeah. appropriate for cold. It was, it was November in Maryland. It's not that cold. But for me, it was like super cold, but um, I have the, like the exact same would, when we moved to Maine, it was October, which October isn't necessarily that cold in Maine. Um, but I was like bundled up in my parka gloves, hat, and all the kids, they were like wearing like light flannel jackets <laughs> and they're just looking at me like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I'm so cold. Yeah. Your blood <laughs> so cells, you get used to, you just get used to being in 98 degree weather. Like your body, yeah. like, this is what it's supposed to be. And it took a long time for me to acclimate to, um, to this weather. But I do like it now that I'm an adult because I do like, Maryland is very temperate. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. a little, it's not, it's 
kind of like New York. It's a little bit, you only get stuff for a certain amount of time and it's pretty much gone. Like if you can deal with two weeks of really being really, really cold and you can, you know, there's nothing that lasts very long here. It's sort of, I cannot deal with two weeks of being very, very cold. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm like desperately trying to move for it. So I started in Maine. I got to Boston. I'm getting in New York right now. Like I'm ho hoping that I can just continue moving southward because it's, I, oh gosh, I was not built for cold weather. Yeah. Well, when Coco six comes out, we'll be doing the podcast from like the Bahamas, your new house in the Bahamas or something. Oh yes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, I will have to come visit as your editor so I can um, advise you on your next manuscript. So I will just have to put that in my, my contract. Um, sweet or savory. I'm going to have to go with sweet. There are just, there are days where I will have dinner just so that I can have dessert. So I guess I have to go with sweet. <laughs> you're such a good girl. You're a grown up. You can have dessert just for dinner. You don't have to eat dinner first. Oh, I def oh we've definitely done that. But <laughs> I, I just like, I feel like, oh, that wasn't probably, that wasn't a good decision that I just made. Um, but I, I, I do love a lot of savory foods, but I think give me like a piece of chocolate cake. Yeah. Uh, I'm there. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's something weird about that. Comedy or drama? Oh, comedy. I, I, I'm at the point in my life where if a movie ends like not with a happily ever after, I'm just like depressed for days after watching it. So it's like, I need, I need constant upbeat happiness because we got enough going on in the world around us. That's just horrible. So I need, I need that fun escape. Yeah, absolutely. I, for years and years and years, like over forever, you know, my whole adult life, whatever. The whole time I've been an adult, my whole thing was um, watching the Academy Award movies that are nominated before the show and then watching it. Mm -hmm. And like, I would have an opinion, like I've seen them. I can't really do it this year because it's just like, some of them seem so depressing and mean and sad. I'm like, I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm just not gonna do it this year. I'll watch the fun ones and then I will catch yeah. up later. It's just too hard right now as things are, um, you know. I think, yeah, I think the last move, the last like big Academy Award movie that I watched was Jojo Rabbit. And that movie was just like everything I've ever needed in a movie. And <laughs> I know, like, I, I, I have yet to watch a movie that just brought me like so much joy. And like, even though like it's a horribly dark topic, the way that it was presented with just like so much hope at the end, I was like, oh my God, this movie is perfect. Yeah. And I just haven't felt that way since. So I think, I think I'm broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes you just see something like I need just to take a break from movies for a while because I need to absorb mm -hmm. this one forever. So yeah, I totally hear you. I'll just watch the Lord of the Rings movies forever. <laughs> like that's just what I'll do for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are great. And we, we just decided to rewatch the Godfathers because they're 50 years old now. So and I remember um, my parents saying, you need to watch this. I was like 12. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think my movie appreciation started early because um. You know, that's my funny. Parents. My parents, when I was 12, they're like, you need to watch like all of the SNL movies. So like Night at the Roxbury, Superstar, Austin Powers. It's like, I didn't, I didn't have like a very movie cultured <laughs> childhood. <laughs> oh no. So I guess won't. that's why I appreciate comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you were brought up right. No problem there. Your parents, <laughs> your parents did the right thing for sure. Um, early bird or night owl? Mm -hmm. Uh... I'm like an 11 to two person, um, but I do stay up late. So I'll go with a night owl. Okay. Even though like my brain really shuts off at like nine o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. A glass of wine. I'm like, okay, you can ask me any questions you want. I'm not going to 
I'm not responsible for my answers at this point. <laughs> coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. Even Every though day. I I'm a I drink both. I drink tea in the afternoon, but I'm at the point where it's like if I don't have my cup of coffee in the morning, like I get that nagging little headache, and it's like that's probably not a good thing. But I can't help it. I I do love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. I did a cleanse in January. I cut out all caffeine, all dairy, all um, everything, everything, anything fun, no sugar. Mm -hmm. I don't eat a lot of sugar anyway. I don't eat a lot of those things anyway, but mm -hmm. I definitely had um, coffee every single day from like nine to noon. You know, I always cut it off at noon, but um, that first three days, Ooh, I was like, I am an addict. I am addicted. <laughs> I was like, yeah. had a headache. I'm like, what is the matter? Um, but I got over it in a couple of days. So if that's any consolation, you can kind of break that break the addiction, I think, in 40. Oh, years. I definitely could. It's just like, I don't know if I have the willpower oh. to do that. If you don't need to do it, then don't worry about it, you know? I was just trying to, I was experimenting to see if I could do it, and I did, so. Now I feel proud of myself that I did it. Yes, that's always, I, I there were a couple of times where I've like, uh, I've cut off using social media. There was one one year I was like, I'm gonna do no social media for a month and see like what happens. And it was like, it was nice. And um, I was like, oh, I did it. And yes, I didn't really have any idea what was going on in the world while uh, while I was doing it, but it was nice to live in that like little bubble of oblivity. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It is, it's nice just to see, just to give yourself a break and you, you know, mm -hmm. February 1st, I was tripping over things to get to the coffee maker. Trust me. I was like, mm, I'm a cup of coffee and I'm gonna have a glass of wine tonight too. So, you know, but I just wanted to see if I could make it. It was more like a, a self, you know, self care testing kind of whatever I was doing. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad I went through the, pro I'm not looking to do it again really anytime soon, but I can do it if, if, if you have to. So that's always, that's always good to know. Yeah. It's just to prove, prove to yourself that you can manage things, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm not complete, you know, I'm not completely lost to the caffeine world. You know, I can, I can redeem myself at some point. So, well, what is up with you next? I mean, you're probably going to have to write a whole bunch more books this year. What is going on with you next? What are you up to? I am, I am working on book number two for Coco Klein and I am working on book number two in my Glenmire Wind Mysteries, I'm working on book number nine for the Court of Mystery series and I just launched with fellow author JC Kenny. We're doing a YouTube web series, which I'm really excited about because um, we did this fun like live stream to celebrate the releases of our books. And we had a really great time and we had a really like the audience participation was really exciting. And it was nice to like chat with people in real time. Um, and so we're going to try to make it into like a, not a, a is it bi-weekly? It's a, every other week. Um, we're going to have a, just an hour of chatting books, interviews, having other authors join us. Um, so we're really excited to kick that off. Our first episode goes live on April 7th, Thursday at 8 p.m. on YouTube. So that will be fun. And then, of course, I am gearing up to see people for the first time at Malice Domestic. And I attended last year through the virtual format and absolutely loved it. Um, it was like learned so much and got to meet so many people, uh, even though it was like remote and I was sitting in the comfort of my my chair. Um, but I'm really I'm really excited to. 
I really be like in introduced to people for the first time um, since I started this journey. So it'll be it'll be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and that's that's like my big thing for 2022. I, I've like had to be very uh, strategic with like, okay, like what can I after being on in my apartment for two years. What is, what is my like self going to be able to, to handle? So um, I'm very much looking forward to that. And I, there's, I'm always on social media. So definitely um, reach out and, and stay connected uh, for more news as it comes along. Yeah, that's great. Well, you're gonna have a great time at Mouth. Um, I know for sure you will. Um, where can people find the YouTube um, show information is that on your website or yes it'll be on my website they can also go to um, the website for the show it's thebookishhour.com and um, if you subscribe to my youtube channel you'll get the information the go live info about when it's happening um, and yes and if you're an author who's interested in appearing on the show we are booking up all the way through july at this point there's we were really excited with all of the interest that we had. Um, so we're already planning season two um, when we return in the fall after a little break uh, in August. So send an email to requests at thebookashower.com. The book, the book we'll, a shower. The book, the book a shower. shower. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's funny that it, I, when I was, we we're trying to like brainstorm names for it. It's like, what's something that's like, fun, but serious at the same time. And, and that's what we landed on. <laughs> it is unique book a shower. So it's like a baby shower or, um, I would say that like it, it we're, we're referencing the hashtag bookish. That's like yeah. very yeah. big on, uh, or at least I think it's big on Instagram, um, for, for like the author community, as well as like readers and, and book bloggers. They always, they, they like to use the word bookish, yeah. which I, I would love to know the origin of it. Um, I actually probably should look into that a little bit more. Um, so that's that's kind of where we, we pulled the title from. Yeah, well, that's that makes sense because it makes more sense of baby shower than I was thinking. <laughs> but <laughs> if you're, I'm a few years older than you. Not not a lot. Well, yes, I'm 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 many more years older than you. But I when I was growing up, I was considered bookish because I always had a book in my hand and I was always reading. I was always big arms of books from the library when I was at school. So they were and that, and that is the perfect, I think that's the perfect title that are the perfect hashtag to, to, to grab. Um, because not only we're like, not only you're talking about our books, but we're also talking about like what we're reading and, um, and what, like, uh, what we're seeing in the industry versus like, and, and hearing from readers and, and answering their questions about the writing process and, and how we, we go about creating what we create. Yeah, I love that. And anytime you um, partner up with another author or anyone else, and then you help promote or help um, bring, not you know, bring exposure to other writers, you just find it just you just it's just such a wonderful feeling. You make oh yeah, so many more friends, and you have a it's just really nice to have a community and a connection like that. So it's really great the, you guys are doing that. The author community, I am still like amazed by how welcoming and helpful authors are to other authors. Um, you would think that maybe in like an industry that's as uh, intense as publishing could be that everybody would be like, you know, elbowing each other out of the way, but all, all authors do is just lift each other up. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I, I, why 
Coco was ever published in the first place because I was, you know, had no representation at the time doing queries up the wazoo for an agent. And I was like, oh my gosh, like no one's ever going to like find, figure out that like this book could be something great. And it wasn't until um, a fellow author had reached out and was like, hey, like my agent's looking for type books like this. Like, why don't you reach out to her and let her know that I recommended you? And that's how I, I came to be. So that's, that's my, like my origin story. Um, so the fact that, you know, authors just are always there to support each other. Um, I try to do it as much as I can and um, have been very grateful and very thankful for the authors out there who have helped support me. So it's a wonderful, wonderful community. It is. Yeah. And that's, you'll find that it's always been that way since I've been around and I've been around about 20 years now doing Malice. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I've, and I've worked in other industries and it is not like that. Oh, <laughs> it's no. not like that at all. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I come from a <laughs> uh, healthcare IT background where it was just very, even though like the, your team was always wonderful, it was just not a, a proactive or productive environment sometimes, um, just because it was just, everyone was out for themselves. Um, but the author community is very, very, very helpful. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited about your YouTube show. I'm really excited about the book. Obviously I love the book. Um, everyone needs to go out and get hashtag follow me for murder. And be on the lookout for Sarah's other books and all her activities. I mean, she's out there. She's around. You can find her for sure. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Sean, for having me. It was a delight to chat with you. Yeah, yeah. It's fun, it's fun to see your face. We, we email all the time, but it was fun <laughs> to chat and see your face. <laughs> I, was, I feel very connected to you. And I was like, we haven't ever really met. Um, before. That, I, that's the power. That's like the wonder of words. It's like you get to they they have such like they have such meaning so it's yeah. it's but it is very nice to to see you face to face <laughs> yeah for sure well have a good rest of the day and take care and keep writing and don't but don't be too hard on yourself i won't and thank you <laughs>